0: Looking to be more nomadic and less traditional? You're in the right place. Broadcasting from Canmore, Alberta, welcome to the Mountain Life Podcast. The stories of life, work, and play in the Bow Valley. Recorded in the E equals MC Squared Co. workplace with your host, Jason Backdash.
1: Hi, everybody. Jason Backdash here from the Mountain Life Podcast. Bow Valley, I hope you're enjoying these last few weeks of snow. It's going to be gone, so make sure you hit those hills. Uh, do the cross-country skiing, get it out of your system because summer is on its way. I can't lie. I'm pretty excited about that. Let's talk about what's going to happen on this week's episode. Uh, Margaret Clavo is my interviewee and Margaret's got a really, really cool practice. She works with people to basically... In a healthy way, work through the grieving process. And grieving doesn't necessarily only come when you lose a loved one. Uh, Grieving also happens if you lose a job or you suffer some uh, unexpected life change, and um, she basically has a process that she works with people through so that they can come out better, more resilient, uh, and better for it um, through these really tough situations that we have in life that's unexpected. So uh, make sure you uh, listen to the episode, check her out, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I know you will enjoy it. I shouldn't say I hope. I know you will. Um, one last thing before I let you go. The Mountain Life Podcast has its own website. It is the themountainlife.com podcast.com I had to remind myself but um, check it out and there's a form on the site if you want to be a guest or if you know somebody who should be a guest make sure you fill out that little form that's there and uh, somebody will get back to you Um, we can't obviously interview everyone but we try to do our best to pull out the amazing people and stories of the bow valley and you know what you're an amazing person and you probably have an amazing story so it should be there Okay, not going to hold you up. Let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Mountain Life Podcast. Sitting with me in studio is Margaret Clavo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Jason. Hi. Uh, So um, I'm excited to dive in. and For everybody who is uh, familiar with our podcast, we do uh, live, work, and play in the Bow Valley. And... um, yeah, and Margaret Margaret has a really great story to tell, and and um, we may not be able to get through all of it today, but uh, I really encourage you if you do have a chance to to meet her or sit down with her that um, that you do so. She she's had a lot of adventure in her in her life. Um, so Margaret, typically the way that I like to start the podcast is just to talk about um, how you ended up here in the Bow Valley. Um, so just a little bit about. Your story and how you ended up living here.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, maybe if you say I have a, a long story, it might have something to do with my age. <laughs> I won't say. No. Mention how old I am. <laughs> um, so how that happened is I was living in Montreal. I'd been there for 27 years. And um, it, I taught there, and it was a long commute. It was at least two hours a day. And even though I loved the city, I was getting tired of being in the city, and so I was wondering, okay, where do I like to live? But I like to live by in the ocean, by the ocean, or in the mountains. And I came out in uh, ninety four over winter break to visit my sister, and we came down to Banff and uh, went skiing. And I had been here before, but at that time, because I was thinking, okay, where do I want to go? Um, I had a strong feeling that this was the place. Mm. And so that night, when I was lying in bed, I thought, if the sun shines on my face tomorrow morning, that's my sign that this is my place. So I guess you know where the sun was shining. Wow. Yeah. So I um, took a leave of absence from my teaching position, sold my house, and uh, moved out here. And uh, so then I started teaching, so I moved out in 94 and uh, got my teaching job in 95.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. T- take me back to that because I think what happens often in life is that, you know, you feel something in yeah. your gut, but to actually like follow through with it mm-hmm. and make all of those changes. So like you had a really sort of stable life in Montreal, mm-hmm. a great job and so on. And, and was it was it scary how did you kind of get through actually following through on that gut instinct
2: i think because it was so strong also i had been thinking about it for about two years and um it felt right but i also think what gave me the oomph say to do it was uh, my father was a construction superintendent And so he would go from contract to contract. And oftentimes, we would know where he was going to go next. So there would be a period of a couple months where Dad wasn't working. Okay. And uh, it was very worse. I was a kid at the time, so I don't remember. But certainly for my parents, it was stressful. And something always came through. Yeah. And so that helped me to learn to trust that things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I think that was very strong.
1: Yeah, you got trained almost at an early trained. age to be okay with yeah. a little bit of uncertainty, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And so, so take me back to that. So, uh, you move here. Uh, did you bring a lot of stuff with you, or did you just start from scratch?
2: No, I brought all my stuff. Okay. (laughs) And uh, lucky for me, my sister had a garage in Edmonton. Okay. And I put all my things in her garage. And so when I first, first arrived here, I stayed in a motel for about a week. And then I ended up um, getting a cute little cabin at the Rundle Ridge Chalets. Oh, okay. You know, those were really nice. So I stayed there till um, mid-November. And... I had four cats when I came out. What? Yeah, so not easy to find a place, right, with four cats. But luckily, um, I was able to get a, a little apartment, right, and um, with my four cats, and I stayed there for uh, a year and a half. And uh, my sister had... A, Physio clinic in Edmonton, and she sold that. So she bought a property here as an investment. Okay. And I lived there. Okay. So
1: that was wonderful. I was there 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how did you get connected with the community? Did you have some people that you already knew here or? all new friendships? Like, how did that work for you?
2: It was all new. Yeah. So I met people through my teaching.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And um, now I'm meeting people through uh, my networking. Yeah. Uh, Also, back in 1997, the town put on a workshop called is it hot in here and it was for people going through women going through menopause okay and (laughs) so i met some really nice women there and we decided to form a group yeah and we met every two weeks for i would say most of us for about 10 years yeah and then the group evolved and you know the new members weren't as interested in um you know that sort of regular meeting but uh three of us still see each other and you know that's what 21 years
1: later oh that's so good
2: Mm -hmm. yeah um
1: the the reason why i like to ask that question is because lots of people have commented some people have been on the show or or some people have said to me when when they come here and especially when they come from a different province Mm -hmm. or from a different country it's really difficult to connect and sometimes plug in right yeah um Mm -hmm. but what you're saying what you're saying resonates with me and, and what I've heard others um, see success in, and that's just getting out there. Right. Yes. And going yes. to events and, yes. and the town puts on stuff. And right. if you can actually like, um, you know, get yourself out there and, and network and meet people, that's yes. a good way of actually plugging in and making some friends. Yeah. And you've made some that have been around, been with you for the, for the last 20 now. years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Well, that's great. Um, and, I mean so you've been here living here for a long time now um how how has the how has the town changed for you how has um living here sort of the um maybe the culture of it or the way that the the town is maybe physically expanding mm-hmm. when you reflect on on what that has been for you huge yeah. changes huge changes because when i first came here there was
2: nothing up mm-hmm. Eagle Terrace, right? There was nothing up Three Sisters, uh, Bow Valley Trail. There were some hotels, and um, you know it's funny because the only place I remember what used to be there is—is is it the dollar store, and that used to be Avalanche? Oh, okay. I don't know what's. You know, I mean, that's about the yeah, but okay. like the only yeah. place I can remember has that what used to be there. There's just so many changes. I mean, we've got two big grocery stores. Um, I also remember in Quebec I must say, the villages are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. People take a lot of pride in their properties. And um when I first came to Canmore I don't know if I should say this, but I thought, "Oh, the mountains are so beautiful," but really, the town's not all that pretty, right? And that's changed hugely over mm-hmm. the years, mm-hmm. and uh, it's now really a very pretty town, as well as having beautiful mountains around
1: it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I want to I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your work, and I think um, y- you've got an very, very interesting, um, academic background
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, and your, your career has, has evolved and has come to a really interesting point. Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what you do here in the Bow Valley. Um, but before we do, maybe just talk a little bit about, um, how, being uh, being a, a teacher mm-hmm. and um, an interest in French literature, um, if that still like plays a part in the work that you do today, um, that background.
2: I think once a teacher, always a teacher, yeah. that kind of thing, and once a learner, always a learner. Yeah. Uh, so I think that plays a lot into it. Yeah. Um. The um. And I think it's the, the, the love of learning. So in what I am doing now, I'm always learning about a person, yeah. right? And by learning about the person, I'm learning about life. And uh, so that's
1: what makes it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're, you're not teaching anymore. No. So, so maybe just tell, tell us what you do.
2: Okay, well, I'm in the process of setting myself up to do grief and loss support counseling. Mm-hmm. So um, I took early retirement from teaching and did a master's in psychotherapy and spirituality. Uh, took me forever, but I did finish. And um, then I did an intensive training to be Grief and Loss Support Counselor. And it's really interesting because when I graduated, I didn't quite know what I was going to do with mm-hmm. my degree. Mm-hmm. And the first day of class in this Grief and Loss Support Counseling, I thought, that's it. That's what I want to do. And um, so uh, in right now I'm doing a lot of networking. Um, it's slow to start, and I think part of it is because Grief is a normal thing, isn't it? Hmm. We all at some point suffer some losses. And um, also, I think people are, it's not a quick fix. You know, if you're going through relationship problems or you've um, lost a job, you know, we think, okay, I'll see a counselor and they'll give me some um you know, some help, right, yeah. and, and strategies. Uh, but when you're grieving, especially if there's uh, accumulated losses or it's a traumatic loss, um, it's just too painful.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: and
2: mm-hmm. people don't want to go there, mm-hmm. you know. So it takes time between a person, you know, getting a card and then making the decision to seek some help. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have some comments about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, before I, before I get into it, uh, like what does what does that look like to you like on a practical level? Is it very much like a um, like a counseling relationship where, someone would phone you and and be able to have a chance to talk to you either face to face or in some other way like how, how, how yes. would that look like
2: yes um, they would either come to my home or yeah. I would go to their home Okay. but it's not all talk therapy mm-hmm. right so um, we would do grounding exercises we would incorporate some type of ritual mm-hmm. um, what's really important is um, the Use of um, creative arts, and that helps to externalize the emotions, and it also depersonalizes the feelings. And because the object acts as a mirror to the person about the things that they need to process, it makes it much less threatening. And you want to engage both, you know, the emotions and the intellect, right? and um and then but of course there's um you know you also talk with them for sure
1: yeah. yes yeah yeah um uh, there's two things there's two things that you had said and uh mm-hmm. you, you did a lunchbox lecture for us today yes yeah here at e equals mc squared and um there's a couple of things that you talked about that um were impactful to me specifically and i think one thing was that um you, you talked about how um, we normally identify loss with a loss of a loved one. Yes. Um, like a, a death. Right. Um, but there's all of these other... Right. Uh, I guess categories of losses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that it's a process. Right. And it's interesting, like n- nobody at least in my own experience, nobody really talks to you about what that process looks right. like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, You just, you muddle through it mm-hmm. on your own. And um, the interesting thing about the interesting thing I think about loss and like, and grief is that um, often, often a loss can be a linchpin to other things. Yes. And without having a healthy, um way of dealing with it uh you could see repercussions oh yes in the rest of your life oh yes so yes. so you know it's yeah so i'm just thinking <laughs> i'm thinking about my own life and some of the 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 losses that i've had is that had i had somebody to like walk me through that um or walk perhaps some of my own family members through that yes um uh, we might be living, or might have, uh, we might have been able to avoid a lot of future pain.
2: Hugely right? so. Hugely so. Uh, as I mentioned uh, when I was um, speaking with you at lunchtime, uh, eighty to ninety percent of physical symptoms are associated with the uh, emotional pain of unresolved. Grief, mm-hmm. and so it's very, very important to process that. Um, when you do grief support counseling, you look at at yourself as companioning the person, right? You're not there to oh, tell like them what word. to do. Yeah. No, okay. You're not there to tell them what to do. You're there to listen, and you're there to enable them to see what they need to do. Yeah. And. Um, the main thing and like you're saying you don't want those losses to cripple the person and to prevent them from continuing on and having a joyful life once you've had a loss you've had that loss okay it's irretrievable mm-hmm. but what you can do is you can learn okay now this is my life going forward right and um how can i Live that to and still have a sense of meaning and purpose to still feel joy. If somebody's lost a loved one, you know, to be able to love again.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's very, very important.
0: The Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, thanks for checking
1: out the podcast. I'm just gonna take a few minutes of your time for a few reminders. First of all, the podcast is sponsored by e equals MC squared. Wonderful co-workspace in Cammore that uh, is available for people like you and me who want to have a lifestyle where, hey, you know what? you want to take off during the middle of the day. You want to go for a hike or you want to jump on a snowboard and uh, and then hit the computer again and hit the business again and start making money again. Uh, so a great place for people like you to plug in now you can check out e equals mc squared in a few different ways one come in check it out the first day is free if that's too formal for you two other ways that you can do it one on wednesdays we have lunchbox lectures and lunchbox lectures is an opportunity for you to learn from other people who are working for themselves uh are entrepreneurs and have figured out a way to not only have that lifestyle, but to make their work work for them. Number two way to plug in, wind down Fridays. So at Friday at about four o'clock, everybody shuts off their laptops and congregates into the Equals MC Squared living room to chat and discuss the latest and the greatest in the Bow Valley. So don't want to miss that if that's a way that you think is best for you to plug in. So where is e equals M- E equals MC? Bleah. It's a formula, but it's also a place of work. Uh, so where is e equals MC squared e equals MC squared is just off of railway Avenue, right above the sports experts. And uh, it's just on the second floor there. So, uh, you know, the place, you know, the area, we share a parking lot with, uh, the save on foods and, uh, yeah, we're just right there in the middle of the action in Canmore. Okay, so I will link the address. I will link the website in the show notes. Make sure you check out the website. Again, Wednesdays at lunch, Fridays at 4 p.m. Check us out. Hey, and it'd be great if you could work in the same space as I am.
0: Talk to you soon. Back to the show. The Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. The other thing
1: that you talked about was uh, the connection of the creative arts to um, to healthy healing, right? And uh, I, I'm somebody who loves going to art galleries and and looking at art and mm-hmm. so on. And and uh, I don't know, like it's maybe 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 I think it was your talk that reminded me of this. Is that art is so important in the reflection of seeing either artwork that somebody else has done or artwork that mm-hmm. you've done as um you said it's a mirror right and and that's why some art speaks to me um but might not speak to you or speak to another person right Right. but um yeah but you you talked there's a really specific reason why um art music or the creative um the creative aspect is a really important part of healing yes um can you talk a little bit more about that yes
2: because when i um Signed up for the course and they said we were going to do art. I thought, oh my god, I'm no good in art, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I love art, but I don't seem to have any talent. And uh, and you know, I do little stick men, you know, that yeah. stick persons. Um. But it, it wasn't that. It was um. An expression, like I can give you the example, we did a box to, um, and it was, what did we need to go through this course on grief, because a lot of, you know, powerful emotions would surface. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went around and I chose what I wanted to decorate my box with. And um, it was amazing, because I didn't think, well, I need this, I'll pick this piece, and I need that. I just the pieces and then when i started putting them together i thought oh you know look at that and i I started realizing what i needed and so the art piece in itself externalizes the emotions and when you look at the art piece you look at what you've chosen and what does that say to you you look at the process of putting that piece together and what you were feeling and what emo- emotions surface. Then you look at the final piece and think about what is this trying to say to me?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so the art project then also helps to depersonalize the emotions. And so it's not so intense and it makes it much easier. A safer way of dealing with very intense emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that is just that's just so powerful as a oh, yeah. as a concept, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think too, it's um, I think a lot of people are sort of afraid of the end result yes looking a certain way yeah. or being of a certain quality when right. it's not about that at all
2: no right? no no because we you know we would put all our pieces out there and um it didn't make any difference what it looked like but yeah. right? it was the significance of it and how it spoke to us and uh, that was very very interesting
1: margaret i want to ask i want to ask you if if it's all right why why do you why was psychotherapy and spirituality and and um, counseling specifically in this area of grief mm-hmm. why why does it resonate why do you think it resonated with you so so well what why did you where did that calling come from mm.
2: uh, I would say I'm a very spiritual person mm-hmm. and um I wanted to be in a situation where that was in the forefront and that I was um, working that or doing that mm-hmm. for most of my day, if you want. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, also when i um, when I did uh, my masters, I had my thesis topic a long time before I even thought of doing a master's because I had these wonderful aunts when I grew up in northern Quebec that um, one aunt had lived on a subsistence farm. She had nine children and then nothing, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And my other aunt married a man who was 20 years older than her. He had already had four children, the eldest being 14. My aunt was 18 when she married him. And this man had health problems, so he never worked. So my aunt did repairs um, on clothing. She was a seamstress. Mm -hmm. But when you went into their homes, there was so much joy and uh, laughter. And yet, you know, they had very difficult lives. And uh, the women's group that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. on the first night that we met, we had to bring pictures in just as a you know, conversation breaker. Okay. Opener. Yeah. And um, the women were all sitting there and everybody looked like, you know, everything's all right in the world, right? And they started talking about their lives and they had lived through all kinds of very difficult situations. And I remember driving home and thinking, my gosh, people are so courageous. And um, so when I, I decided to do my, uh, my thesis, I thought, you know, we don't acknowledge the courage in ordinary people. And so that my thesis was courage and resilience in the lives of ordinary people. And um, so that's why I find this kind of work so interesting because it does call on us to find our own courage and resilience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a privilege to be a part of that.
1: Um, Well, that's... Uh, I'm I'm glad that we talked to, about what you do because there, you're the only one that I've ever encountered mm-hmm. that has a specialization in this area, uh, and it's it's kind of grief is one of those things that we don't really have any tools or any help. No. Um. With right, so mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. So very very impactful. Um. Well, let's 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 maybe turn it to. Um, you know a lot of people move to Camor and move to the bow valley because they love the outdoors yeah. and they uh you know they're either hiking or they're um, biking or skiing or whatever the case is but and you've been here for a while so what what are the things that you love to do in the bow valley from an activities point of view
2: mm-hmm. i love to go for walks i love hiking Cross country skiing and snowshoeing. Okay. Yeah, I love doing that.
1: Yes. Uh any and is there any any favorites that you always go back to? Any favorite trails or
2: Um cross country skiing a lot in uh um down Way. Okay. Because right? there's so many trails there and the drive is beautiful and I don't know, maybe because for me it's so familiar, I know where I'm going sort of thing. But I don't care really. As long as I'm outside. I yeah. don't care
1: yeah and then is it for you is it being in nature or is there sort of a athletic pursuit or
2: and uh, I'm not an athlete, <laughs> but for me, it's nature, yeah. and also um, because you know the the, the hiking and the cross country skiing and the snowshoeing, it's vigorous, mm-hmm. right? I feel cleansed. I feel like my blood has been through every part of my body, so I feel very clean after I've done that and very energized, right? And it, I mean, it's so beautiful. It just feeds your your mind, your body, and your soul.
1: Yeah. Right? And are you and are you out? Well, Often? Like, what is that?
2: Uh, Not as often as I would like, um, but generally on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go out. Yeah.
1: That's so good. And then, Mm -hmm. have you ever encountered any or do you? Go with any groups or? Um, I go with some
2: friends. I've been trying to like the Meanderthals in town. They go on Wednesdays, but so far I haven't been able to organize my schedule to go with them on the Wednesdays.
1: Me- but they're phenomenal. The group. Meanderthals. Yeah, I've they're... never heard of that group. So no. it, tell oh. me a bit about that. Yeah. Oh, they're a fantastic group. There's got to be about a hundred members,
2: and they're um, with the Canmore Seniors. Okay. So they're like a branch of the Canmore Seniors. Uh, I think the oldest person probably about 86. Okay. And um, they have all categories of hikes, right? So if you do A+, like you're really up there, and they do long hikes and very rigorous hikes, and they will have like D hikes where people tend to, you know, do more of a walk. Um, but they're they're a wonderful
1: group. Yeah. Wonderful group. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole. I'm always surprised that there's a whole bunch of like really yeah. interesting groups that do different things yeah. and so on. And yeah, I just recently got on to a list of for this group that does hikes in the summer and they s- snowshoe in yeah. the winter every Sunday.
2: Oh, wonderful! Yeah, and if they there pick a a different
1: trails. And yeah. yeah,
2: there are a lot of groups. Then there's um, uh, a thing called Meetup. Yeah. you know and it comes online and if you check you know they'll have all kinds of uh, activities listed on there and that's a way of, people just say well I w-, you know I want to go f- to this place anybody interested in going and you just sign up with them mm-hmm. I haven't done that but that's one
1: way of getting out there is there any is there any trails or specific locations that you haven't done that you want to do still oh lots of them but they don't really come to mind. Yeah, right now, but yeah, there are a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. All right on. Yeah. Um, Margaret, h- how do people connect with you? So your your business is um, I call it your business, is that right? I guess practice. your practice. practice yeah. Better way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if somebody if somebody wanted to talk to you or or uh, engage you to talk a little bit more about um, grief counseling and so on. Like what's the best way for people to connect with you?
2: Um, I am actually meeting tomorrow with somebody to set up a web page. Okay. Cause I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, I have um, business cards. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure now about Facebook, you know, Okay. I'm on there, but I don't know if I want to stay there after everything that
1: they're is yeah
2: email revealed lately yeah um but uh and in my the name of my practice is you are not alone bow valley
1: okay okay
2: yeah
1: okay yeah. um and then can people email you or give you a call yes for sure. okay for okay, sure. okay. Yes. so maybe what yes. we'll do is just for everybody who's listening what we can do is just we'll include that in the show notes yes
2: and yeah. then
1: if people want to get a hold of you for um, sure they can Yes. And you and I had met actually at a networking event. Right. Um, so like you, you're often out and about actually going to like a bunch of like business events and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, if, uh, people want to meet you, they can just like come out to an event too. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah. And I have handed uh, like FCSS has, um, some of my cards, um, the ministers of the various churches in town. Okay. Have my cards. um,
1: What's CSS? What's that? FCSS. Oh, FCSS.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Family Community and Support
1: Services. Oh, okay.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. They're in the... Civic Center. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we can link all of that up, and then.
2: uh, Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People can. And I'll leave you my
2: uh, business card.
1: Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Well, Margaret, I want to thank you for. I I feel like we really scratched the surface, (laughs) Um, especially with your work. I I think it's just so fascinating, and and I think your journey too, in terms of like uh, just a really, really sort of diverse background and things that you've been interested in, and how it's all sort of come to a point now, right? Where mm-hmm. um, you're doing a lot of good and helping a lot of people, right? So um, I find that aspect of your of your life quite inspirational. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you very much. I think our, our life and our experiences are building blocks. And you feel you've got a purpose, but you're not quite sure what it is. And it evolves, right and this might be your purpose at this time and then you carry on and yeah so yeah it's, it's movement right
1: it's yeah movement. well thank you for yeah. listening to your purpose yeah. thank at you, every Jesus. given
0: time
2: <laughs> thank you very much
0: thanks so much for listening to the mountain life podcast with jason beckdash don't forget to rate and review this episode if you enjoyed the show and you can find more great content online at themountainlifepodcast.com we'll catch you next time